everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gallery Podcast. I'm your host, Claudio Sorio. I'm coming to you live from Londell Arts Center, where Zine Fest is hosted, and I'm with four wonderful people, Stacey Carages, Evan McCarley, Maria Hegg, and Sarah Welsh. Hi, everybody. We have one mic. We're using one mic right now. <laughs> so I feel like we're, everybody's going to sound like in and out. But I'm, I came to visit you guys. You guys are setting up. This is your setup day. Uh, this episode's going to actually air after the fest happens. Tomorrow is when you guys will be hosting it, November 10th. Or no, November 11th. Sorry, today is the 10th. So what has setup been like for you guys leading up to Zine Fest? Um. <laughs> really good all things considered um we had a little bit of a a moment where the wrong size tables arrived um that was you know a tiny mishap that we got over but uh it's been actually really smooth so do you guys have how many artists do you have participating this year for zine fest how many how many entries did you get over 100 i think it's like uh well we have 65 tables um so at least some of them have two people in them, so I would say like, I don't know, maybe it's about 80. 80, actually, I would say 80. In that area. So about like 80 people. Yeah. What is the process like if they want to submit? They fill out a Google form. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, Evan. <laughs> they fill out a Google form. Uh, essentially, we have we had registration open this year for about two weeks, and we got a lot of applicants. Um, and essentially, the criteria to table at ZineFest is that essentially you need to have 50% of your table be zines, and then the rest of your table can be things like posters, stickers, pins, etc. cetera. Um, general, swag. general swag, yeah. <laughs> What's a, a taste? Could you give me like a little taste of what, how, what types of zines you guys accepted this year? It's a mix. Um, so I feel like we've started to see a big move in a lot of our tablers to sort of art zines, and that's photography, it's uh, comics, it's sometimes, you know, fine art, like photographs of people's work. Um, but we're also trying to court more of the sort of traditional zine sort of foundational stuff. So really excited to have, for instance, like the Houston Anarchist Black Cross here, and um you know some music like wake the zine is a or super hit press is a music-based zine out of galveston so we have like some of the old school and some of the new school um i feel like it's heavy on the visuals but we're trying to bring in more writers we just want to have a well-rounded fest but i think you'll see a little bit of everything here in regard to um, the type of people who are uh, tabling for our festival unlike um some like we we don't curate the content or what kind of work it is. Um, so we're not selecting people based on what they make. So we usually have a pretty good range for that reason between like literary art stuff, social activism stuff, music based stuff, Personal or like stuff. comics, per zines. So it's a pretty good range. I'm excited this year we have a tabler that's that is also like a fat, like designs clothes and does fashion stuff and I feel like <clears throat> I feel like I've seen a lot more stuff that that's a little bit more I guess like boundary spanning. yeah boundary spanning that's kind of 
you know, we see a lot of people that are in, involved in like other scenes and other groups of people in Houston tabling. Like, I feel like there's an increasing like comedy presence. I just want to say I really quickly checked our tabler spreadsheet. Uh, we have 105 vendors. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I knew, I knew we were selling ourselves short. <laughs> So you mentioned earlier that you have a zine from Galveston. So it's not just Houston. You're accepting submissions for, or you accepted for this year anyway, submissions from all over the place. What kind of places did you did you accept from besides Galveston? Austin, San Antonio, um, and yeah, like surrounding suburbs. We get some people from the Woodlands coming in. Um, Dallas. I think, oh, Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Someone from California. We, we get the rare so. out-of-state person, but... It's mostly like it's a mostly regional yeah. regional fest. It's fun when we get people who live in Houston but have recently relocated from somewhere else. So for instance, we have somebody who's here from Detroit. Uh, they just moved to Houston, and my guess is that they were involved in the zine scene in Michigan, but now that they're down here, it's really awesome to know that we're here and that they found us and they're tabling now. It's really exciting. So you get people from all sorts of cities participating it sounds like how do they compare or how how does their process compare to what people in Houston are doing zine wise yeah I was just up in Seattle for a similar festival called um short run that's all like uh well it's primarily self-published or like small press media I feel like it I mean I might I don't want to misrepresent but I feel like it was a I feel like I saw even more arts and comics based stuff up there whereas I feel like we have like a little wider range than that but I think we're a little bit smaller as well like it's quite short run is quite a a big festival um and you know uh Pacific Northwest is sort of true it's kind of like traditionally like a big like comics hub so I'm not surprised to see that stuff there Maria Sarah and I went to NOCAS New Orleans comics and zines festival two years ago and I felt like, I I felt like it was uh, it was similar to our event. I felt like in New Orleans, at least that year, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that was either like pretty political or was very much um, kind of like art and designy, uh, like self printed work. I would agree. I think that the reason that NOC has has that sort of personality. Um, like Ben Passmore is kind of really involved with it and he's a he's a cartoon he's a comics uh, maker and he's also an activist so he he publishes stuff in the nib which is this you know, nationally not syndicated but it's an it's like a really popular like political comics website distribution platform so I think that in New Orleans as well I think that because it's such a small city they have a bigger concentration of like a radical element which is amazing and I think one of the things about Houston is that we're all really far apart from each other and we all came together to be organized with the Zine Fest Houston from our own sort of niche interests that we made an umbrella that kind of reflects how diverse Houston is and we really want everyone to come into it but I think that the profile of the city really does affect a lot of how their festivals turn out and kind of who goes and who's vending and what they're selling. So let's talk about Zine Fest Houston itself. <laughs> How long has it been going on? And when, when, did you, when did it get started? You said you inherited it. Yes. Um, so in 1993, there was a small gathering in Herman Park with um, 
Shane Patrick Boyle and um, some other people. I can't remember them off the top of my head. Edwin? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he was there. But um, coffee and hash browns, I think, yeah. was like one of the zines. Um, but so they exchanged zines there. And then after that, it just kind of turned into this festival that was kind of um, nebulous and was at the Westheimer's block party, I think, at one point. And then um, it was with the comics festival. And then it broke away um, like early 2000s I think um, and then there's been a steady zine fest Houston since 2011 um, and so that's yeah that's kind of like short history but um, 2011 it was at cons and then 2012 at um, Super Happy Funland and then 2013 to 2015 it was at um, the Printing Museum and 2016, we moved to Lawndale. It's a festival that's lived through many iterations, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I just wanted to say that we've all sort of been involved uh, for different lengths of time. Stacy and I picked up in 2012. Sarah came on. I guess you were sort of like 15. 15, 15. Yeah, she was yeah. testing it out. 2015 decided she liked us. Came on 2016. Evan, I think that 2017 is your first organizer yeah. year but you've been helping out since 2016 um i mean since 20 we should help out the after party i mean yes that's true <laughs> you've been helping coordinate she's been you've been a really great volunteer like volunteer coordinator and like after party organizer for longer than that but i would say like core organizer this is your year um and we're really happy to have you um i did want to say though uh i wanted to take a sec to talk about shane patrick boyle um he was sort of the father of Zine Fest Houston, and he recently, uh, he passed this year um, unexpectedly. So I just wanted to take a moment, you know, to, to say that, you know, he was a really huge part of the reason that we're here. Mm -hmm. He created this festival that we inherited. Um, he came up with the order of the name, so we got to respect that. <laughs> um, but he has really given a big gift to Houston. So I just want to take a second and say sort of thanks, Shane, you know, wherever you are. I'm not going to drop this mic. <laughs> 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 uh, so it's steadily grown. Uh, I remember my first zine fest was at Super Happy Funland. And I was in college at the time and I was so excited because I had never been to anything like that. And it's like you were saying earlier, Maria, there are so many different uh, people that come together and it really is a reflection of the diversity here in the city. So how does Houston figure into the entire festival? I would say like um, that because uh, like I feel like we're always saying this but because Houston is really spread out um, and because uh, you know it's not like the tightest community like a lot of the people who we see here, it might be like the only time we see them each year. Um, so this festival becomes sort of like a, a meeting place and like a place to talk shop with other like creators who uh, you might not see otherwise. I think that also, I think that that's, well, I think that one of the, I mean, other than of course the fest itself because it's awesome, duh. <laughs> I think that, uh, one of the really cool things that we've always kind of strived to do is we always try to have a gathering afterwards. We have like an after party because although we're all like here together in the same room, you know, we're talking to different people all day long. And so 
uh, I think that it's important, and I think that it's great that we do something for all the tablers afterwards so that they can get to talk to each other and get to know one another. And even though we are so spread out, it you know, kind of strengthens those bonds with people across the city. We also make an effort to do year-round programming so that people from all over have more reasons to come together. Um, so that's a big focus that we do, like workshops and events throughout the year. So you recently held a workshop for some younger kids to show them how to make zines. How, what was that experience like? We actually went to my high school. Stacy and I went to where well, I went to high school. I went to Beller High School all four years. I graduated in 2006. Go Cards! Um, <laughs> and it was, I mean, it, for me, it was really, it was a really special experience because I hadn't stepped foot in that building in like over 11 years. And it was really, really awesome to be there with, you know, in this place that was really formative for me um, and teaching these, you know, youth how to make zines it was a really really special moment for me personally yeah it was cool um i mean to see that she's <laughs> <laughs> like it was all right oh uh, no i didn't mean <laughs> my enthusiasm is there but um no i mean i always like doing teen work zine workshops because they're just like so new to it sometimes and but some of them already know about it and this one teen was like yeah like i already made these zines and she just she showed it to us and I was just like what these are awesome like you know it's like they're already out there doing things and it's just it's really cool like I wish that I knew about it when I was in high school. So what sort of advice would you give uh, somebody who's just starting out and is making it or who has never made a zine before it doesn't matter they don't have to be a kid but they want to take that first step to develop something creatively what sort of advice would you give this person? Come to one of our workshops. <laughs> um, I, I think I've been talking, I feel like all of us have been talking to people about making zines, you know, leading up to the event. You know, I feel like I'm talking, I talk about it all the time, every day. Um, and I think, I think that people kind of get freaked out at first because when I talk, when I've talked to them about zines, they're like, what, this can be about whatever I want it to be and I'm like uh-huh and I think that sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming so I think that the best advice would be like okay think about you want to write a zine great uh think about like what your interests are um and then uh, you know maybe storyboard it a little bit uh, and then again come to one of our workshops because we're really nice yeah we've done a couple of workshops that have kind of narrowed the focus down um well, that Sarah did like a single serving zine workshop, which was like just like a single idea, right? Yeah. And then expanding or just using that idea to make the zine. And then also like world building was another one that we did that was kind of like for a specific um, topic that, you know, to make a zine that's kind of like more focused. Right. I found the single serving zine idea really helpful, which was like um, because it creates like a, um, a restraint to give yourself, which makes it a little less overwhelming. Right. So then um, so the idea is like, you know, just pick like something really basic, like a basic idea to fit into a small book. So say it's like, oh, my idea is like, here's the kind of cookies I like. Here's eight kinds of cookies. The zine is about cookies only, or like, 
like a very like limited idea to start with and so you can expand a little bit but it's not like overwhelming amount of like research or you know you have to put in there and um my advice for somebody um who is starting a, a zine or making their first scene is um don't print 500 copies of your first scene if uh, if, if you're gonna print it because uh, you will inevitably uh, not like that zine um, <laughs> and then you're gonna be stuck with like 400 copies so I would say work your way up to the big edition size is my advice I think my advice would be um, especially when you're starting with you know the basics one page zines and all of that uh, don't overthink it I think a lot of people get really caught up in wanting their product to be perfect the first time they do it and I think in a general sense of artistic practice as well as making zines the more you belabor the less I think you're allowing yourself to be the creative person that you kind of inherently are and I think zines are a wonderful medium for allowing that kind of spontaneous creativity and I'm so surprised what people make when you when they finally let go of their anxiety about making something perfect and it's nice when they also surprise themselves with the work that they do. Yeah, to follow up on that, I think I would just, my advice would be to have fun yeah. and also um, collaborate with people to make zines because that's also fun too. It's like you can create by yourself and that's, that's good, that's fun, but um, when you like, maybe you could like mail someone a page and um, make a zine that way like through the mail or something. There's like a rich history, I feel like, of uh, zines that accept submissions um, and so like I, when we were at Bel Air earlier this week I was like do you not have a fully fleshed out idea like colla yeah collaborate with somebody else um, you know you can all maybe maybe you're all thinking about the same topic and then you can all just make a page and then come out with something together yeah don't don't sweat it you know like what Sarah said start smell get big I feel like that's a really cool way to bring people together too because what if you have a very very a very specific interest and <laughs> and you just happen to meet somebody who wants to collaborate on this project with you I think collaboration on any scale is is so cool because you get to create something with somebody else and they can bring something else to the table that you might not have thought of and I just find it fascinating that there are so many young kids that are working towards building something and might be co-organizers in the future. Have you had any interest already of people reaching out wanting to participate? Uh, if you're out there, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been blessed with a lot of uh, volunteer help. So. Yeah, that's true. We always have like a a solid group of like really core and awesome Zine Fest Houston supporters who are always like there ready to like give us resources or time or, or space or whatever. Um, and for that, we're really grateful. But uh, I think for very good reasons, people are a little wary of just <laughs> immediately donning the uh, organizer uh, cape, as it were. I was going to say bonnet, but. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going with hood, and I was like, it's not, not a good time. <laughs> no. So I like to end my episodes by asking each and every one of my artists, because I consider you guys artists. You're all artists to me. Uh, and you do so much for this festival. And uh, I, I want to ask, what is currently inspiring you right this moment? We, we're going to get started now because there are four of you. <laughs> Evan, do you want to go first or do you want me to, to leave you for last? Do you want to think on it? <laughs> okay. Like at this exact moment... 
because I'm currently like taking on many things. And I think the last few years, a couple of years, let's say, I haven't really had the time to sort of do my personal work and really have, you know, a robust showing at ZineFest, which is okay. You know, it's sort of one of the side effects of being really involved at an organizational level. So I think right now I'm really inspired by what I'm going to see tomorrow um, and the knowledge that the effort that we're putting in is going to really pay off in a way that really benefits a lot of people. Um, and I'm always really excited to see what everybody does, like especially the repeat people. I just think there are some amazing people who come out and I'm really grateful that they've called ZineFest a home for themselves too. So I think that's inspiring me. I'm inspired by my co-organizers. No. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait. I I have another another inspiration too, though. Actually, um, last night, uh, I was uh, at an event where we watched a bunch of um, uh, early like uh, 1970s, 1980s um, footage of a. Uh, um, like drag per- drag performances in Houston and it was like so much fun because um, I mean partly they're like performers so of course like they look excited but it was like a really like joyous experience to just like watch somebody who you can tell like is so in love with what they're doing and having so much fun and um, and I love seeing that because it reminds me of like you know when I first started making art and like whatever just the pure the pure joy of doing something for the hell of doing it and um I always try to like you know keep that keep that spirit alive even even when you're like make art for a long time and you can get kind of jaded but yeah it's um it's nice to be able to like rekindle that feeling oh that was sweet (laughs) I'm inspired by everyone's personal narratives pertaining to like I mean, not only, like, a personal zine, but, like, like everyone has their own unique experience. And then at Zine Fest, you see it all in the zines and the work. Um, and also the preservation of that narrative in these tangible objects. It's, like, there. And it's also very empowering. Um, and so the empowering feeling also inspires me to continue to create something. I think... Uh, I think that I spent a lot of, I feel like I spent a lot of my adolescence um, and maybe, yeah, yeah, like young adulthood, kind of uh, having a chip on my shoulder about um, like seeing people do awesome, great work and then being like, you know, well, they're doing this cool stuff like, oh, they got this opportunity, um, you know how come that how come I didn't get that opportunity um and you know I feel like as I've gotten older I've started to realize like oh you you know getting opportunities or um I'm I'm trying to relate this I know that it sounds like maybe I'm going off on a tangent yeah you have to make your own opportunities and I guess I'm I'm yeah no for (laughs) for sure DIY baby but um like (laughs) I guess (laughs) I guess the idea of practice and process is inspiring and the fact that you know that it is like if if you want to if you want to create something at all it's a practice and it's a process and that that practice and that process I guess inspires me 
to be a part of that practice and process. Like it's this kind of weird cycle. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. So and and I think that it's a it's a good way also to keep sort of like what Sarah was saying to keep from like kind of getting stale or jaded is you know uh, maybe tweaking your process or tweaking your practice and I think that creating zines has affected how I feel about that too so yeah also Houston Texas baby (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about the theme for this year how did you guys come up with it and why well, we kind of started talking about it um, in 2016 because um, the creators uh, of Paris Space Books were, I would say that was kind of the inspiration, um, S and um, Sarah Balibon, Balibon Lilar. Bal- thank you. <laughs> um, uh, we're here and they were giving a, um, we kind of did like a panel discussion with them upstairs about um, uh, queer sci-fi, which is what they specialize in. Um, yeah, and I think that just opened up a big conversation about sci-fi and zines and technology and where these things fit together. I think that sci-fi futurism, but not the art movement futurism, because that's bad um, <laughs> and full of bad people. But <clears throat> I, I don't know, thinking about the future is actually a part of the early history of zines. So all these sci-fi writers in the 40s would mail zines to each other and they would publish their own uh, like uh, anthologies of sci-fi work that wasn't getting published by the major uh, publishers of that work. So there's that element of like it's history but then there's also like what does the digitized future bring and what does it mean for tangible print media but it's definitely like in the in the atmosphere you know we're we're definitely aware of a very digitized present and increasingly intangible future of data and information and you know what's next um but the aesthetics are also like really good so we had the vapor wave party <laughs> um and i think after the uh last presidential election everybody felt like we we're living in a garbage world and everybody wants to try to envision a better future yeah. <laughs> right now <laughs> Yeah, this is something that uh, I I really wish had been around for a lot longer. And I know I was having a conversation with my mom about it uh, because I I was born here in the Montrose area and my parents um, used to go on dates over at Sound Exchange and they used to bring me along. And, you know, we spent all our time here in Houston before we moved out to the suburbs. But my mom was like, you know, I think it's so cool, everything that's going on and this art community is really coming together. She was like... It was like that back then in the 80s, uh, but now there's just more of it and people are encouraged to try more and to be different and try different things. So I really wanna thank you guys for taking the time to sit down with me and talk about Zine Fest Houston. (laughs) So as we said earlier, this episode is actually gonna air after this year's uh, zine fest on your facebook page it says there are over 100 vendors and over a thousand attendees uh, back in 2016. do you expect more this year yeah yeah, I hope so. yeah we hope that we'll get over a thousand again <laughs> yeah we got a counter so we'll be sh- absolutely sure this time <laughs> yeah so you'll be keeping track of nice if anybody wants to reach you guys how can they reach out they can email us at info 
at zinefesthouston.org. And we are zinefesthouston on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. All right, guys. So if you guys want to come out and check it out, I hope a lot of people that are going to be listening to this episode later will have attended this year. <laughs> I know it's very confusing, but... Okay, so it's, oh, all right, so next fall, and and does the location change, or are you guys looking to stay in this space? (laughs) Yeah, we hope to be at Lawndale for a while. So next year, next fall, Lawndale, if you guys are just listening to this episode, just keep that in mind. After, we plan on, you know, probably at the beginning of next year, we'll probably start doing more workshops and programming, and we have, again, we have stuff Throughout the year, so uh, I feel like Facebook and our websites are really, really good. Uh, if you like us on Facebook, it's a really, really great way to keep track and keep in touch with us about, uh, you know, events that we're gonna have in the future. Cause we, we, we do it year round. We got it going on. Houston, Texas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. If anybody wants to reach out, you can reach me at thegallerypodcast at gmail.com or uh, you can check us out on the website, thegallerypodcast.com or on Facebook and Instagram at thegallerypodcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.